Hello and welcome to the Dunamis EQ podcast. My name is Tolu and I'm your host for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, this podcast is about emotional intelligence um, and about how that can really empower you in life, in leadership, in relationships. So we're just here to share stories, to inspire people to go on the journey of learning more about emotional intelligence and really learning just how to use that in their day-to-day life. Today, I have the privilege of being joined by Resham. So Resham and I work together, um, but we've been on an amazing journey over the years in different things. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to bring on Resham. So thank you so much, Resham, for joining us today. Hi, thanks, Tully. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited for this new leadership podcast. I know, right? It's it's to be honest, it's been a, it's been a long time coming. Um, it's been something that I've been thinking about, and yeah, I'm taking the plunge, which is kind of like you actually, because you were one of the you were one of the catalysts for me in actually doing my own. You're like, I'm on anchor. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm like, yo, she's, she's <laughs> on it. <laughs> she is on it. But that was what, that also, that you, I want to give you credit for that because that was inspired by you. You were like, Rash, you got to do a podcast. And you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I just want to do it. I'm just going to go yeah. steam ahead. So this is great. We're both going to be learning as we go. We can help each other. So this is a great journey for both of us. 100%. 100%. And your podcast is called The Now I Know Podcast. That's right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about well-being. Like any, the whole umbrella is about well-being, whether it's in the workplace, at home, as individuals. So you know, if you guys want to check it out, it's called Now I Know by Rashi Marden on all podcast platforms. So let me know what other topics I should be talking about. But yeah, it's just a platform for everyone to sort of learn and grow and understand the world of well-being and looking after ourselves and each other. That's awesome. So what we'll do is we'll put the the links to your show in the in the YouTube video and in all the podcast links as well. So yeah, the guys will be able to find it real easy. So what are some of the guests that you've had on the show so far? Oh, it's been amazing. So my first guest was Dr. Rina Bajaj. She's an, an amazing award-winning counselling psychologist. So our first one was about sort of how to get therapy and to try and break the stigma about therapy um, and self-care. And the second one was about um, mental health in the army. So it was a young guy called wow. Shrevelin. And, um, you know, I'm trying to also break the stigma, not just about mental health, but for, for men to speak up. And because he's a quite young guy, maybe he can relate to our younger audience, our male audience. But it's generally how he got himself out of a rut and now into he's got an amazing journey of, you know, looking after his well-being and how he went from the dark, the dark side to the light side. Um, wow. And then the other guest is about financial well-being because the cost of living is massive at the moment. It's on, it's worrying people. So we've got an amazing financial advisor called Carla and she just explains like money management in just like simple terms that our kids can understand. So yeah, lots more guests to come. So keep posted, guys. Um, really excited for this year. That's amazing. And it's it's great that there are so many varied topics um, that people can get an insight into and, you know, go on that journey of learning about so much about life. So that's, that's really, really great. Um, so tell us a little bit about you. Like, who are you? Oh, God, who am I? I've got many hats, Tolu, as you know. So I'm Reshim. So I am a single mum. I've got two kids. Um, one's 14, my daughter, my son is nine. Um, as well as being a mum, I'm a leader at, at work and I'm also coaching people, mentoring people. But my whole life is about transformation in work and out of work. Um, and I think this topic is it's also quite relevant as well because I'd say I'm also a life learner. So these, this podcast journey has been like, you know, I'm constantly learning you know, in the workspace and as learning and growing myself as a person, I don't think you can ever be perfect. But also this podcast journey is like, you know, you're learning about people and their experiences mm. and just generally how to create a podcast and, 
you know, I believe in the law of attraction. So now I'm sort of attracting so many people that are on the same journey as me, like you and I, Tolu. Um, but other than that, I think if people know me, they, do, they yeah, that's probably the things they know me well as, like, you know, a single mom, like coaching people, getting people up the ladder with me um, on my leadership journey. And I care so much about people that my passion is seeing others flourish, um, whether it's at work or just generally in their lives. So, you know, even my friendship circle, my family, you know, I'm sort of the go-to person in the family when they just want to pick up that call and just get that perspective and come away feeling a bit positive. So I think my just natural passion for people is just in my since I've been a kid I think I, I was always one of those kids at school that you know like if I saw someone that didn't have a friend or they were new I'd be like mm. would you like to play would you like to join us you know I was you know I'm very mindful of how people feel and are you know quite observant because I think I'm that introvert so I think I like talking to people about being an introvert as well because sorry wait you're an introvert yeah wow <laughs> because we're not, because we're passionate my god yeah. do i open up because i'm like this is my passion but if you saw me in a room i'd be the quiet one taking it all in you know and okay. and it's funny you just reacted like that because when i mentor people and they're like i've been told i'm really quiet and i'm really shy and i can never progress i'm like do you know i'm an introvert and they'll be like hell no wild, wild. yeah it's, guys if you ever meet russia you will be very surprised that she's such an introvert. And, and I think this is a really important stigma as well, because often people think of introverts as not being confident enough to say those things. But I think you can absolutely be confident, absolutely express yourself really, really well and have energy and be bubbly, but also be introverted. So that's a really like, I had no idea. I had no idea. That's awesome. Ah, you've learned something new today, Tully. I've learned something. Now I know. Now I know. <laughs> now I know. No, I used to do a podcast about now and about introverts. I think you should. <laughs> I actually think you should because I think it's a very misunderstood thing. Um, and I think what's really interesting is I totally agree with you about being a li like a lifelong learner. I think that's so important. I think that's what people don't actually know about podcasting is that half of these podcasts are actually for us, right? In terms of like, I've always wanted to have this chat with you and let's just open it up for other people to listen, you know? So I get so much from from doing these. So it's it's, it's to, to be able to do that um, and just to touch on what you said actually where do you think it came from you said that from a kid you were quite you know open observant to how people were feeling and noticing people who needed to be uplifted like where do you think that came from oh um, I think as a kid you know come from a massive family in terms of like you know sibling not siblings i've got a brother and a sister but you know i got all my cousins and very family oriented you know lots of family get-togethers you know back in the day when like sundays the shops were closed it was all about family you know mm. getting together and my mum and dad are very if you ever meet them they're like me they're, they're the quiet people but they're really kind and they're always thinking of the next person and they've always instilled that in me like respect and kindness for others um, you know, if I was ever feeling down and they'd be like, don't say anything. They've got their own thing going on, but we don't always know what people have got going on. So, you know, like mm. just that awareness of that, you know, everyone's got something going on and just mm. get so angry when something isn't going your way. Um, so I think generally as a kid, I've always been just like kind and caring, but if you meet all my cousins, we're all the same. So people love being around us, you know, we're very welcoming we're not a clique so if we went to a wedding for example you know we'd all be in the dance floor we'll bring everyone in we just got like this energy we're like we're warm and welcoming 
So I think just my just upbringing is very like just kindness comes first, mm. you know. Mm. You know, my dad used to say to me, you know, whether you're the cleaner or the MD, you talk to everyone with respect, whatever age. And I think that's always been instilled with me, which is why I think I've I've said this in my leadership talks is people would say like, how can you just talk to that senior person over there? But I'm like, they're just a person with a heartbeat, right? And why are they any different, you know? So even if I go into the kitchen and I see, you know, you see the cleaners just clean the kitchen up for us. I'll say morning to them. How are you? Mm. No, because why are they any different to anyone else or, or in the office, you know? And um, so, yeah, I'd say it's come back from a, as a kid, just my parents being like, you know, everything's about kindness. Mm. Mm. So I think, I think kindness leads to understanding because it makes you to think about other people and it puts you almost in their shoes. And it's, it's such a great place to start from um just in in how you approach life um was there was was there a time where you became more aware of emotional intelligence and you started to proactively pursue it and improve in it or is it kind of always been that that consistent thing um in terms of being more aware of it i think it's been when i had to start managing teams in the office right. because i've always just been a certain way with like my peers or colleagues or stakeholders but then when you're managing a team and then you're having to give feedback, oh. I was giving, for example, I was giving feedback. A first time manager, I was 24, right? And I was, just, I was 24. Wow. So I was at Teletext and um, I was given a digital team. We had to like, it went from the Teletext Lego writing on the TV. Yeah. We then had to launch it on the website. So .co.uk was like what we had to do. So because I was very motivated and driven and I was, you know, I was a high performer. I just assumed everyone else was. And then I had to build a team and recruit them. And then, you know, they'd produce a piece of work and then I'd have to give feedback on it. And I gave the feedback as if like, this is how I would probably want to hear it. And then I realized I'd upset a lot of people with my words and I was like, oh my God. And it was only, I didn't realize it at the time, but you know, after a few days when my, you know, people I was managing had calmed down because we had great connection generally, they'd say to me like, you know, the other day you said this to me, it really upset me. And I was like, so upset, like that I'd upset somebody. And I was like, I didn't realize. And then I was like, what was the right way to say it? Like, how did you want to hear it? And they'd say, maybe if you said it like this. And so that's when I learned that, like, you know, I really got to watch how I communicate what I'm trying to say, depending on who I'm talking to. So you've got to really adapt your language and cons depending on who you're talking to. You know, um, I'll give you an example. I had this other girl, she joined and she was amazing. She was absolutely amazing. But she'd come from a team where she, I call it like, you know, people, either can, they can either shine your light or they can dim your light. You know, we talk about this a lot, don't we? You know? yeah. And she came from a team where they were dimming her light. And I felt she was amazing. And I brought her to my team and I gave her this feedback. And the next day she handed her notice in to me and wow. she said, the way you wanted me to improve this piece of work was I felt like you didn't want me. I wasn't good enough. And I was like, whoa, wow. whoa. yeah. And I, I remember you that, the feedback. What did you say? I think I said something like, um, I can't remember. It's 20 years ago. I can't remember, but all I remember her going, I would never forget. She just went, here's my notice. And I was like, oh my God, what have I said that you've just handed your notice in? And I pushed the notice back. Uh, you know, the paper days, you know, putting yeah, yeah, yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> digital days. And I said yeah. to her, give me two weeks. I yeah. want to give two weeks for you 
and I, mm. to grow and I want to give two weeks for me to grow and learn how I need to work on this and I said to her my intention was to make you the best person you could ever be because I can see you've got potential right mm. and I said your intention is going to be make Resh a better leader and give better feedback mm. to me so what I learned was we've really got to understand our intention behind what we're trying to say and then two so two weeks later I've caught up I said right do you still want to leave? And she was like, hell no. Like to, to work for someone that is listening and understanding and then doing something about it. Like that's great. Like we help each other grow. Mm. So yeah, that's when it, I had to take a look, real check on myself. Like what am I doing? You know, because then that's when you understand people are so different because her, because of her life experiences, she was just getting her light was getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And then when I came along, she thought just switching the light off. But I was like, I want you to brush on bright and even bright it gray. And like, this is how we're going to do it. So I now when I have to give feedback, I sort of say my intention behind the feedback, like 100%. I want to tell you something because I want you to be so amazing. And I know you can get there. And I think when you start with the intention, it 90% of the time it works. You know, sometimes you still got to work on it, but... Yeah, I haven't always got it right. And I'm just grateful that we've been able to have a connection outside of management and, you know, colleague type environments that they can they come to me and say, you know, the day when you said it, this is how I felt. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry. You know, so I think acknowledging it is key as well. I think that's, that's so, for me, that was so interesting because a lot of people would be scared to go and have that conversation with their manager. And I think that it shows the kind of environment that you've built with, with the people that were working for you that even though like you still hurt them they still felt free to be able to say look do you know what that that really hurt me because it takes a lot of guts to go to your manager and say what you did wasn't the right thing yeah. like, it had a negative impact on me like that takes a lot of they call it like psychological safety yeah you know and and that's one of the key things i think is we are all human we're gonna make mistakes you know there's yeah. gonna be times when i'm not gonna get it right you're not gonna get it right but having enough enough goodwill with people that you've built up that even when you do screw up you know it's not it's not like a catastrophe yeah totally so I think it's and i think that's that that word is so key in performance and high performing teams or anything it's psychological safety um when you my high performing team workshops it's a really big topic of discussion like how mm. safe do you feel in this environment mm. you know mm. and, and like you say because you know and the other the other flip side is you can make a safe space that people can give you the feedback, but then it's like, what are you then going to do with it? Because if all you're doing is taking the feedback and not changing, they're going to stop even bothering giving any of their time. Because it's it's effort on both sides. And I liked what you said about, you know, I'm going to give you two weeks to improve, but it's also two weeks for me to improve. That is like, what made you think of that? I don't know. I think because it was my first time managing and I was like, mm. I don't want to mess this up. I'm just at the start of my leadership <laughs> journey and like, this is not great. You know, I mean, I'm only yeah. 20. I've got a long time to go, 24 hours. Um, and you know, and it wasn't like people said, I'm going to train you how to be a manager. You know, you just like, mm. you've done the title. This is it. Out, this is it. And this is why I think podcasts are so great. Like if we had them back in the day, like I would have been a better leader a long time ago, but you know, you can learn and grow and it's a bit like having a parent. If you've got a great parent, you've probably got some great role models, right? But yeah. if you're working for managers that aren't great, you're going to pick up some bad habits or, you know, but unless someone points it out, you know, it's like having a naughty kid and no one's telling them they're being naughty. Like, how are they going to yeah. ever going to know that they need to evolve? Right. Um, 
but yeah, for me, I think it was, I was just such, I was at the start and I was building this team and we were growing massive. You know, I thought I've got to get this right, you know, because, mm. you know, they've trusted me with, here you go, Resh, we're going to launch a website and we're going to build a team and like, here's your budget, here's your headcount and I've got to get it right, you know? Mm. Um, and I think, because I, I cared about people. So if someone was upset, that would upset me, especially if I was the cause of it, you know? Um, so for me, I think, Maybe if I was someone that didn't really care and didn't really take a look at myself, you know, I would have just taken her notice. I'd be like, cool, see you later. I'll just fill, fill your boots with someone else. But I really cared about her. You know, she was a lovely girl and I saw her talent. I wanted her to come to my team. So I didn't want to lose, I valued her and I didn't want to lose her talent. And just letting her know that she was valued and I wanted to keep her and grow her, she was like, I'm staying, you know. And now she's, you know, we've all left, you know, that we're all in our 20s, we've all left. and. You know, she's doing amazing things in the industry and I hope she remembers that conversation how the way I do. She might say it a bit differently, but that's how right. I remember it, you know. No, like it's just nice to see everyone grow and like we're all growing, we're all learning. And I don't think you can ever stop. No, I think if you stop, you're in trouble because the world is always changing, always growing, always evolving. Um and I think what I what I picked up from what you said is that leadership is a it's a responsibility, right? And and I really feel like it's so true that Often what happens is, is that you're good at your job, so you get promoted into management or into leadership. But being good at doing your job is very different from being good at managing a team and leading a team because there's also a difference between managing and leading. Yeah. You know, so I, I think you're so right. Like, it's, it's, it's not easy to get that leadership training and experience. And I've just been very blessed. Like, pretty much every manager that I've had has been an outstanding leader. So... My parents in leadership have been really, really good, you know, so I've learned so much from that. And and that's really why I wanted to do this podcast is for people to be able to connect with great leaders um, and not just in terms of, you know, their senior at work, but also just people who are great leaders in life, you know, great leaders to their friends because we all lead each other, you know, so that's why for me, this podcast is so important. Um, probably a little bit out of order, but what does emotional intelligence mean to you? We should, probably should have done that at the beginning, right? Yeah. Um, emotional intelligence. Um, a bit like sort of what I said about when I got that feedback as a first-time manager, like being really aware of your your how your energy is coming across to someone, mm. but also understanding the different energies in the room because I think a great leader can understand, like you know that how we used to mention introverts? A great leader can see that, that if you're in a room, what different personality types have I got in front of me? What different energy mm. levels? And also, you know, you can have people who are having a good day and a bad day and you can you can judge that, you can see it already. So my mentors are amazing because I remember being at work one day and then you know me totally, I'm quite jolly, I'm bubbly, I'm lively, mm. you know, and this, and you know, my mentor came up to me and she's just, she, we had a meeting and she pulled me aside after and she said, is everything okay? Like you're not yourself. And I, to me, I hold her as a great leader because I thought, you know, you spotted that, you, you know, like the emotional intelligence is really spotting that. And, and also I think she picked a great time for, to talk to me. She didn't sort of say it in the room or, you know, or wait a week. She, she, she just took me out afterwards. I was like, is it okay? I've just noticed. And I think, so for me, emotional is like, you know, being really aware of how you are, but also everyone else around you, you know, is just so, so important. And that can fluctuate, like all your people, like you're the person that that's, you know, the comedian might not be the comedian tomorrow. So it's like everyone's mm. got something going on each day. Um, so, so I just think you've really got to be aware of it. And, you know, like, 
and and it's great to be open about it. Like I, I'm quite open with my team. Like I'm, I didn't sleep last night. My kids were up till four. You know, kids were ill. You know, just just having the open communication, which then makes other people mm. open to share what's going on with them. Mm. I love that. And I think one thing I picked up on what you said was about she knew the right time. Um, because some of the feedback that I had, because I'm I'm very much about let's give feedback as we go. Da da da. And I had some feedback from someone once that was like. You give me feedback at the worst times. And I was like, oh, <laughs> because for me, I'm just like, I'm thinking about it. It's just happened. I want to give it fresh. But for that person, they actually needed time to reflect on what's just happened. And the time that I'm talking to them about it, I, I process as I go, right? So you will know exactly how I feel as I feel it. And I'm feeling it out. I'm thinking it through. But they wanted time to go away have a think about it, maybe journal about it, and then come back for the feedback. And that really was like, whoa, okay, I need to be really mindful of even checking that it's a good time to give feedback. Um, and I feel like, yeah, yeah, it was, I never crossed my mind, you know, yeah. that actually the timing of when I give that feedback is so important. Um, and, and I'm really trying to find the balance of so I feel like sometimes when your manager asks you for something, you feel like you have to say yes. You know, so if I ask you like, okay, is now a good time to talk about feedback? Some people will feel like, well, it's my manager. They, I have to say yes. And I'm, I'm literally like trying to gauge their face, you know, like, did they wince? Did they like, is there something <laughs> that they'll say yes, <laughs> but they actually mean no, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm trying to say, but if it's really not a good time, we can do it whenever you like, really make it clear. Like, this is not a, you have to do this. This is a, yeah. do you want to do this right now? Yeah. So the timing thing just just really made me think about how important understanding other people's timing is and I, yeah. even though it's a good time for me I should sacrifice that because for you that's what's really important is that you receive the feedback and you're able to do something with it so the timing is really important so I love yeah. that. what would you say instead then like when is a good time to give feedback or yeah, I think so. I think so. It's kind of like, and that's the thing, how open can you be with the question? You know? Yeah. And something I really, I'm really trying to work on. So, you know, I became a head of department last year. So I had a whole new team of people. And one of the things I really tried to do was be like, how do you like to be managed? You know, like, what do you like? What do you dislike? Because I'm me. I know what I like. I, and like you, you know, when you said about your high performance, so you think that other people also want to be high performance. Yeah. Some people actually, they don't, they actually want to, yeah. I just want to come to work, do my thing and go home. And that's, that's actually okay. You know, totally. and if I'm high performance and I'm like, no, 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 you need to improve, you need to do this. It's going to be horrible. Absolutely. You know? And that's why it's really, in, like when talking about emotion, it's really good to really know your people because yeah. some people are just work. This is their little side hustle. They've got a passion project going outside of work, right? So mm. they want to stay where they are. They don't want to grow. They're like, just mm. let me get my job done pay my bills, I'm done. And that that's when the leader needs to know their people because if you know that person, you're going to just leave and be, you know, they'll just, just be there when they need to check in, like just make sure your door is open if they need you, you know, and it, like, you know, like you say, they don't, not everyone wants to progress as well. And it's knowing that, which is really key. And that's, abs and it's that balance of like, we still have a job to do in terms of, you still have to deliver your work, you know, like it's not about, well, if they want to select, no, 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 but like, how hard do I encourage you? How hard do I challenge you? Because actually that's what it comes down to is my job as a leader is to get you to where you want to go, right? Yeah. And if where you want to go is look, a year or two from now, I want to have been here and just done my job, done my job well, and then go home. Cool. You know, that's what we work to. But 
it's all, like you said, it's all about understanding your people and having those conversations to say, okay, what is it that actually shines your light? What brightens your light? What can I do to make your life better? Yeah. And those conversations are, they're, they're amazing. I remember, because um, I'm, I'm really big on autonomy. And this was also a really interesting learning for me was that um, I, I say to people like, look, I'm not here to micromanage you. Yeah. Like, I want you to get on with what you do. And someone gave me feedback a few months later and they were like, look, every time someone has ever said to me, I'm not a micromanager, they literally turn around the next day and start micromanaging. <laughs> and he was like, you're the first time that someone hasn't done that and you've just let me be. And I'm like, interesting. I think I need to also adjust how I communicate that then. Because maybe that's that thing of like, I'm not racist, but you know, yeah. don't want to be racist, you know? Oh. So yeah so all this feedback is so good as to yeah. okay how do i need to be like yeah it's interesting to talk about feedback right so right you know i do feedback feedback workshops and one of the questions i ask is how often should we give people feedback right and then we do a little poll and it's, it's very different some people say once a week some people say twice a week some say once a month you know some people don't even do it at all um well but what i say to them is that right like say for example you've got 10 people mm. I say, ask them the question, how often would you like to have a check-in or one-to-one? Because your people are so different. So, for example, a new starter might say weekly check-ins, right? Because I need to know I'm on track, I'm doing things well. Someone who's like a master or an expert, especially when you've come in, like you, Tolly, you've come in from an outside team in as a new role into that team. And it's you've got experts under you. They know their job. So you might be like, you know what? We've got to check in once a month. But if you need me more than that, I'm here. My door is open. And this is the thing that's what I'm trying to get managers to do is, you know, there's no one set way of giving the feedback, receiving it, or even managing the team. If you know your people, you'll know the style you need to adapt to, the language, the timing of everything. Um, but I don't think enough, let's not say the word managers say leader, I don't think enough leaders are getting to know their people first. because And that takes time, trust and investing and the communication, the connection is so, that takes a lot of time. You know, 100%. and then you really get to know your people. And I think people get so work, you know, right, I've started a job, just let's just run. Yes, so on, yeah. Get to pace it slowly, you know. And, and I think it, it's, it's, it's a sacrifice, right? Because you do sacrifice some, some delivery at the beginning sometimes to really get into that rhythm because you're not driving after, after delivery at first. You're trying to get understanding. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, it pays off so big in the long term when, because one of the things I've really loved about working with you is watching the people that you've brought in to the different scenarios. So like Resham is a great connect. So we were both serving um, in one of those, what is it like employee steering groups or something like that. Yeah. And Resh would bring in all these people and they were like, a lot of them were quite young and just watching them flourish and grow, right? And seeing the payoff it's it's huge it's amazing and and how does that how does that feel for you like what what do you see when that happens do you know what you know when i when i do it at the time it's just natural it's what i would do mm. you know for anyone anything any family member it was what i do it's my dna but it's when they like oh my god thank you and i'm like for what like isn't this what everybody does <laughs> you know and they're like no but that's just is it no one not everyone does this and that's when you realize, like, this is how you can, like, teach people or, you know, have an impact on somebody. Because now, if I can show people what I just did, and then when they're in that position, they can do the same for the next person. You know, that ripple effect I always talk about. But 
oh my God, the feedback, like, you know me, I'll be like, Tolu, I've had some amazing feedback today. So my success is, oh my God, the feedback people give me on the difference I've made to their day or just anything I've done. And I'm like, wow, like this is, either I'm really good at what I do or there's not enough people doing great things for their people. You know, I don't really know how to take it, but that's why I love to, to do some honest, of the I think it's both, right? Because in watching you do what you do, you are very good at what you do, right? And in a lot of ways that, you know, like, it's you that did it, right? I didn't do anything for that. You did that. Like, you're very good at what you do. I think what also amplifies that as well is the fact that there's not a lot of people doing it. And a lot of the people that you're working with, it's almost like going from, like, minus 100 to plus a million. You know, it's like... I'll put that my there are... that. Yeah, minus 100 <laughs> to plus a million. That's the way. <laughs> right? Because it's... I feel like leadership is not always easy. It's it's a lot of hard decisions. So like even just self-leadership is not easy. You know, it takes a lot. And so I feel like as as a society, we're not very well equipped to to lead well. You know, and I don't think it's it's not the people's fault because they've just never been exposed to it. I'm and I'm very blessed to have been exposed to high level leaders, you know. Yeah. Um so I think it's both things like you're very good at what you do at the same time there's also not enough people doing what you do and that's that's why I think that the work that you do um in your day job is so important the work that you do in the podcast is so important because it's all about how do I take what I know and what I've been given and how do I get that out to as many people as possible make it as simple as possible for people to get it and run with it because the more people that have kindness the more people that have emotional intelligence the more people that know how to give and receive feedback and to lead well, our world is going to be such a better place. Oh, yeah, totally. And I think touching on the podcast, you know, sharing that story, you know, we do a lot of talks about sharing our journey and our stories. Mm. And um, everyone that's doing a podcast and you're, you 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 want to amplify, you know, you probably use sort of tools like I'm using Anchor to spread, yeah. you know, uh, on distribute it across other platforms. And yesterday I was... Um, just on the stats, you know, like you do, you get a bit obsessed with the stats and, yeah, yeah. you know, it said that like it, the podcast had, had reached Israel. 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 Right. And I was like, what? Oh my God. Like <laughs> imagine this person has just yeah. watched how to get help or therapy yeah. and it's in yeah. Israel. Like I could That's never have done that, but I did the podcast, yeah. you know? So, you know, imagine someone else going to listen to how to be a great leader and they're not even You'll never meet them, Tolly, because you, you're no. going to make an impact on someone that's wider than your inner circle, your network. And it's amazing, like, how anyone can tune in on a topic and really want to learn and understand it. So, for example, when I run my workshops, it's like, I'm going to run this workshop and you're welcome. It's not mandatory, it's optional. But so what you see is you see the people that want to learn. You see the people that want to grow. They're investing in themselves. And unfortunately, like you said, till there's not enough people. It is the same people coming in and i'm like this is great you're here but the people that really need to be here are not in this room <laughs> and they're the ones that need it you know um and, so it's how do we spread that message how do you feel about like is there frustration when you know there are people who you know need it but they're not they're not they're not engaging is that frustrating or like how do you deal with that yeah it is so frustrating because you know i'm passionate and i want change now so um you know, I, I, you know, I've mentioned this in other podcasts as well that, you know, I went from a place of like, I just want to change these people and like, why are they not growing? Why are they not progressing? And then I went from that to, do you know what? I'm just stressing myself out. 
I'm just going to take one change a day. I am going to work with one person. If I could change one individual in a one-to-one conversation, remember I said it's investing in people is, it takes a lot of time, but if you can do it well and do it properly, that ripple effect is enormous, but it's invaluable. Um, you know, I've mentioned this quote, I say a lot as well, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, don't think of the whole staircase, just take the first step. So that's my thing now. If you asked me a year ago, I'd be totally stressing my head out, but now I'm like, mm. no, baby steps. And also sometimes you just got to realize, you know, I talk a lot about shining the light, but all you can show them, here's the light, but you can't make them come. You can't make them do anything. Um, and on the flip side, there are people that come to all my workshops about high performance or feedback. And then they then they don't use any of the tools, so it, it's frustrating both ways. Because I'm like, you probably spent six hours of your time with me on several topics, you've not used any of it. So I'm like, you've got the toolbox, you know, to use the tools, but I can't make them use the tools. So it is frustrating, but I've learned to let go of mm. seeing any sort of change. It's like when the time is right, there will be change, um, and that's all I. That's all I have. I have no control over that. Um, but it is frustrating. But I think you just get to a point where, you know, there's only so many times you can talk to someone and then you're like, I'm not actually going to give my energy here. I'm going to focus my energy here. Um, but yeah, it is frustrating when you want to grow. But also, you've told you know me, because I've got the reputation of transformation, someone will only work with me if they want to change. I don't, you know, after about two or three meetings, if they're not going to change, I don't work with them anymore. Because it's like, I'm not seeing any change here. It's like... Mm let me move on to the next person so yeah it is frustrating but i've just learned to how to manage it you know i agree and i think it is that thing of how am i setting my expectation you know it's like my expectation because i come from a sports background so my expectation is everyone wants to get in the gym everyone wants to work hard and everyone wants to improve but i think as i've as i've kind of grown through leadership i've realized that like everybody is so different everybody has different motivations you know people have had different journeys to get there i've had a journey of i've had to get better right so that's that's part of now who i've become but not everybody is at that same stage of the journey either some people are just starting that journey of i want to get better and what i would say to you is that even those people who take the tools and they don't use them the way that i see is like i've sown a seed with that person where maybe 10 years down the line they'll be like do you know what that stuff that Resh said was actually bang on and now i'm going to start running with it and that's all we can do is just put yeah. things out there sow the seed and if it grows great you know if not then it's there ready to grow at some point but it's like if people never have the opportunity it can definitely never grow you know so so i agree with you it can it can be super frustrating and me personally i'm just working on how do I base my expectations to a place that I can work with people? Because there are some people that I I don't have the choice sometimes of if I work with that person or not, right? It's yeah. true. You actually can say like, okay, look, do you really want to do this or do you don't? Because sometimes yeah. you can't. You've just got to work with the person. Yeah. So that's what I'm really working on is how do I get my expectations set so that no matter what comes through or comes back, I can deal with it with grace and I can still be an encouragement to that person. And maybe down the line, they'll come back and go, like, you know, like with me, it's my parents. My parents were always like, look, when, you, when you're older, you're going to come back and you're going to be like, you guys were right. You're going to say thank you. <laughs> never, never going to happen, never going to happen. And then there was one day I just sat on my bed. I was like, ugh, they were actually right. Yeah, you know, and I had to go to it and be like, yeah. thank you for everything you sowed into me. Yeah. It's funny you say that because um, 
you know you go to those the rebellious stage in your 20s or like 100%. You know, what are you talking about mom what are you talking about dad and only now right i'm 46 and now i go to my daughter oh my mom was so right when she says yeah. <laughs> now when i say stuff to my kids and i can see hmm. them eye rolling i'm like it's yeah. fine now but when you're 40 you're just wait yeah <laughs> just wait it's gonna come back it's gonna totally come back. you're right you're so right and i think if you have that perspective you're gonna have like one day you're gonna remember me you're gonna thank yeah. me exactly exactly so on that point actually like what are you doing with your kids um about teaching them how to be emotionally intelligent um so i'll give you an example so my son is nine and you know when he'll come back home and be like this person upset me or this person wasn't nice um and i listen and i get it. i'm not going to be like i won't be an ally and encourage the conversations yeah. i don't know the person's going through but i'll i'll, I'll say to him like what I say to my son is because he's nine. I say to him, listen, your friend might be really unhappy with something. And it just so happened that you were just in the way and you got the repercussions of it. And he'd be like, oh, okay. You know, so for him, for his age, I, I make him understand that when people don't behave the way we want to or expect them, they've got something else going on and it might be nothing to do with you. So just be kind, you know, just be really kind to that person mm. and just walk away. That's all you can do. Mm. Um, for my daughter, who's 14, I talk about something called map of reference, you know, and I okay. say, look, if, if you were in that, that person's shoes and you had the upbringing they had, and you went through the challenges they had, you're probably also going to be acting in the exact same way, Same way, yeah. you know? Um, so the language I use with my kids is very different, just so that understanding Whereas my daughter's, she's highly intelligent, so I can have these amazing conversations with her. So we just use the terms like map of reference, their map of reference is very okay. different. Or when, you know, when you go to people's houses and like one person does it one way, you know, one person does it another way. And I'm like, you know, that if you understand how they've been brought up, that's why they do yeah. what they do and yeah. just respect it. You might not understand it, but just respect everybody. So yeah, it's very different. So trying to make them understand like empathy is so important. Kindness is so important. Um, so I listen to them at the dinner table about anything they've got going on, but I think it's mainly like trying to react to what they've got going on, you know, mm. and you know, like, for example, like, you know, my son, Dylan, has got like an autistic boy in his room and he's like, he's become a lot kinder to the way this boy is because he, this guy lashes out a lot and he gets like a bit scared. So he knows to walk away Um, don't get upset. It's not you, you know. Um, And then he also knows that he can go to a teacher. So making sure Dylan can go to a teacher if he needs to talk about something rather than, you know, when kids get together and then they're mean to another kid, like, I don't want that happening. But yeah, my daughter's great. Like we have amazing conversations. You know, she studies like so sociology and psychology. So we have really conversations about people. But her one is being really, I want her to be this really confident South Asian woman growing up, you know, not feeling like uh, she's a, a female or her color's going to stop her. Like just trying to build confidence in her that, mm. you know, um, we say this all the time. We say speak the truth, but with kindness, you know. Um, and so that's something I'm trying to instill in my daughter because growing up, I was so quiet that even no matter what I felt, I probably couldn't articulate it or communicate it. And then it would come out in like, I just burst, you know, like with unhappiness or, or feeling really upset. So I'm trying to make sure, you know, that she doesn't learn my patterns that from when a young age. So really getting them to understand everyone's got a map of reference, empathy, kindness, you know, sometimes it's not right. Uh, like Whitney Houston says, it's not right, but it's okay. But it's okay. <laughs> I'm going to make it anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, yeah. understanding that is so important. Um, and something I say as well is, is like, you know, when you're upset or angry, I say to them, 
don't respond to something straight away because when I was going up in my career, the feedback my managers to give me was, your emails were just so like your. Oh, and you wrote it down. <laughs> and I'd be like, put it on email. I just meant this, and they're like, yeah. oh, you meant that, but it sounded like this, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh god, okay. So that's what I say to the kids: like, res- take time to respond when you're not happy about yeah. something. You know, because when you when you take emotions out of it a day later, you'd respond in a totally different way. different. Yeah. It's like sending emails, right? Stick it in your draft and then send it a bit later. 100%. I think the the coping mechanisms of, what's it called, the map of reference, I love that. Because it's that thing of what they've done is terrible. But the balance is, is that I don't know why they've actually done that because I think that on the whole, I don't think most people want to be evil right I, if, if you tell people that that really hurt me most people are going to be mortified granted there are some absolute like wicked people in this world don't get <laughs> yeah. me wrong right but most people they're not coming from a place of that rush i really want to get no like everyone's just trying to figure it out you know yeah. everyone's had their different traumas and journeys and experiences and that is really shaping how they do what they do so i think the coping mechanisms that you're giving to your children are so important because it also relieves you of stress right because we get stressed about things that we can't control i can't control another person i can't control their response but when i can understand maybe reasons why they do it it really softens that blow and that weight of what's happened and it it just relaxes everything nothing is is that big of an issue that that I need yeah. to be getting stressed about. It helps to reduce stress. Yeah. I think, you know, when, like, you said, you know, no, you know, it's under, like when you, you know, you're giving feedback to someone. And when I've had, when I have plucked up the courage to say to someone, you know, when you say, said this, it made me feel this way. Like, they've always been like, oh my God, that was not my intention. So I think if we understand that no one has an intention of upsetting you, then mm. if it is, it's quite nerve wracking even just bringing up that conversation, isn't it? So when people have come up to me, I'm like, how many days were they festering over her? Like, with yeah. Reshim, you know? Takes I'm guts. not even thinking about it. Like, yeah. and, and that's the crazy thing is that, like, the way that it hurts you, they're not even thinking about it often. So it's so good to be able to have that conversation. And yeah. I feel like even those people that are actually wicked, when you talk to them and you understand their story and you understand their journey, you're like, you're just really broken. You know, you're just really, really broken. Like something has really hurt you to the point that that is how you protect yourself or that's how you respond. So I think understanding of people and their motivations is so key, so important. Yeah, so true. And like I say, you know, when you get to know people and you understand their journeys and that, like, like I said, that connection and trust comes with time. There was a guy I was um, coaching to be um, a manager, leader, and... Um, the feedback from his team was he doesn't trust us. He micromanages us and mm. like, I just need to get my work done. And I, I, it took me about a few years to get to know this guy. And we then started to talk about his childhood. And apparently, um, this guy grew up with his, his dad had a restaurant and his dad had a really successful restaurant. And then it was doing so well that he ended up, um, you know, branching out into a couple of others. And when he did that, um, he couldn't be in the same restaurant. So he was like, you know, checking on the other ones who was in different restaurants at different times and the staff started to steal from him and um and I said to him do you think your distrust of your team is stemming from that experience he was like oh my god I never thought about it wow he wasn't even aware yeah and he goes now you said it you're right 
you're right. It's just my trust. I don't trust people because of what I've seen, you know? Because his dad, he would have probably seen the hurt that his Absolutely. dad went through, you know, how damaging it was at home. And maybe even like with his parents' relationship, like there's so much fallout yeah. from things like that, that we would never think about. Yeah. So I, I had to sort of coach him to be like, firstly, mate, this ain't your restaurant, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what amazing people. You know? Yeah. And thirdly, yeah. they're not handing money, right? So it's just tasks that so we can do. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know? So you're like, okay. <laughs> so it took a while, but it's really interesting, right? The map of reference, yeah. right? That was his map of reference. Uh, I love that. I love that. Um, wow. I've learned. Now I know about map, map of reference. That's, that's a new <laughs> one. That's a new one. Because it's so cool. Like, I think those things, but I didn't realize, like, for example, that's a structure and a framework, you know? Yeah. That's sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so that's really, really cool. Um, what, how have you learned about emotional intelligence? Like what kind of stuff have you done? Like, is there any, are there any resources that have been really good for you or experiences that you've had that have really helped you, um, with emotional intelligence? Yeah, I think, um, firstly having kids, right? They really keep you in check. They tell you straight as you are. I'm like, oh my God, am I that evil? You know? Um, <laughs> But secondly, like, you know, when like, I think Sky are really good at this, right? You know, like this whole 360 feedback tool and everything being anonymous. I think anonymizing feedback is crucial, right? Because they don't, people don't like repercussions of like their honest mm. feedback. So I think that something like a 360 feedback is so powerful, anonymous, right? So I think that's what's worked for me is like asking for feedback. And also the questions have to be really specific and really like, burst in the right way because I'm like that could be airy fairy, you know. So what I've learned is is that I'm I'm great in all aspects of like building high performance, but the way I can communicate certain feedback is what I need to work on. So my language and you know, firstly I've learned from other companies, my manager said to me, never send an email first. Have the conversation because you they can hear the tone and then do a follow up email after the conversation. Because when I do it the other way round, my email sound telling off and I'm like oh that's what I'm trying to say okay you know mm-hmm. but I think that's probably why my like you've seen me in the office Tolly you know with hybrid working when I'm in yeah. I'm never at my desk I'm talking walking people laugh at me they're like you're never at your desk I'm like I want to use my time in the office to really have that face-to-face mm-hmm. people connection and then I get the balance and I come home and then I do all my write-up you know it's just I think it's working smarter not harder is really 100%. cool 100%. So I do think getting the balance right is really important but I think um, yeah, I mean, that's something I always have to work on, you know, is how I'm communicating what I'm saying. And, you know, yeah, I've been like leading for 20 years, right? But there's still times I know I've probably not got it right. And I'm like, and I'll actually send it. And sometimes I'll actually go up to someone before they've come up to me and say, you know, I sent you something. I'm, I've got a feeling I might have upset you. Is it okay? Yeah. You know, like, I'm a bit more aware of how I've actually said something, you know? I think that that self-awareness and taking time to actually reflect. So sometimes to be honest, like even just going back through messages or emails and going, oh, now I read it back, actually, maybe not, you know, I think that takes a lot of humility. And I think leadership a lot is about humility Um, because we're all humans just trying to lead each other. Yeah, So we're going to get it wrong. We're going to get it wrong sometimes. Um, So yeah, I think I love that about thinking back looking back approaching people about it because that takes a lot of the the fear out for them yeah of oh i've had this awkward interaction i want to talk about it but i don't know how to 
to broach it. I think I think those kind of check-ins are really, really, really powerful. Yeah. And the other one I've just that's come to mind is, I mean, you know me totally, you know, you know when there's like an email and it's just about a topic and someone's not happy and then the email conversation gets bigger and bigger and there's loads of people on there. I'm All I'm thinking about is, oh my God, how are people re- reacting when they're reading this email? So what I, you, I, people think I've not contributed to this debate, but what I've done is I've done it out of the email. Absolutely. I've not done it. I've done it on the side. I will rather go and talk to them because I I know my emails can sound bad. So I thought I'm going to just add fuel to the fire. If I... <laughs> I'm gonna. I know what I'm trying to say, but I'd rather say it face to face later. You know. Yeah. So there's lots of ways we can improve on our communication. But I think if anyone's listening and they're really frustrated, please don't send emails. Like please calm down and then maybe think about it and maybe make a take, make a phone call to somebody rather than. You know, just, you know, we're all people just trying to get through the day and just help each other out. You know, we're not, you know, we don't want to throw anyone under the bus or it's just, I think that's the sort of toxic behaviors that I think people need to hear is like the impact you've just had on someone is not great, you know? Mm. Um, Yeah, I just think if anyone's listening, please, like if you're upset about something or angry, just just wait before you send anything because it can be, it can look totally different in 24 hours. And I think... What it is, what I really try and do is I try and think of every reason why this person is behaving like this. Like, if you see some of the emails that I get, I'm like, wow. Like, you fully sat at your desk, wrote this terrible email, and didn't think of the fact that it has evidence, repercussions. Like, this could really end badly for you. So I genuinely try and think about every reason why, like, okay, why is this person like this? Maybe they've had a bad day. Maybe they're under pressure. Maybe this, maybe that. And then by the time I can talk to them and say, look, normally you're a, you're cool. Like, what's that email about? Yeah. You know, like, this is how it came across. And normally, like, we get on really well, but this email is, like, it's pretty bad. So, like, it's out of character. You know, yeah, totally. Benefit of the doubt to say, look, okay, what's got you to the point where you're sending emails that I know you normally wouldn't send? because yeah pretty wild yeah yeah totally and that's it because if because you know your people you'll know when that's something's not right here like this isn't so out of character you know Mm. agreed agreed and i think it extends even past people that you manage or you lead but also to people that you work with day to day you know like i loved what you said about your mentor who was like able to see you and be like look you seem out of character and I think that's probably something that I would challenge everybody with is like, how can you be more observant about those around you? It goes back to kind of where we started in terms of you as a kid, you know, uh, seeing who's down, seeing who's not themselves, seeing people around. Yeah. Um, and really just taking an interest in people um, and their well-being. I think that's that's super, super important. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So, so, so important now. And, the, and I think that's why um, I wanted to do the well-being podcast, because I think there's so many aspects of well-being. Um, like for example, like I might hit, you know, I've got a friend and I haven't heard from her for a while. And I'm like, sort of like her to not respond. She must have something going on. And you know, I send a voice note, but other people might go, I've not heard from that person for a while. Delete, mock, mm. whatever, you know, like, but some, someone's always got something going on. So it's, but it's about being kind to everybody. Like, you know, yeah. before we judge them. hundred percent. Agreed. Just, just before we finish, um, is there anything else that you would like to say? I'm going to ask who inspired you, Toto, because you are one of the most amazing leaders I've ever met. And not only are you amazing, but you you just have this magnetic effect to make everyone around you so amazing because you've helped me grow in 
you know, you've you've shown my light, you've shown you show me my talent at, at Sky, um, and you've brought me in, you've given me seats at the table. But where did you learn that from? I know you say your parents, but there must have been someone in the workplace as well that you learned all this stuff from. Well, firstly, that's very humbling and a little bit embarrassing. Like you're making a black <laughs> So, um, like, honestly, thank you, thank you so much for your kind words. I feel like I've just even in the stuff you're talking about, it's just a privilege to walk alongside people. Um, and I just really want people to win, right? So like, I want you to win. I want you to get paid what you should get paid. I want you to have the success you should have. So that's, that's where a lot of that comes from. I think that my parents definitely is, is a big, is a big source of that. Um, like I love my parents and Nigerian parents can sometimes be quite i don't know what the word is but you looking at your face you know exactly <laughs> what i'm talking about um, <laughs> but but my parents they were they were very counterculture you know like i remember when i asked my dad you know i wanted to get my ear pierced in most nigerian households that is like in the roof you know but my dad thought it through he reasoned with me he asked me questions my mom was someone who was always like if you're angry with her she'll always come to you and look be like look what have i done and and that kind of thing so I think I had, I'm very blessed with that kind of upbringing. But then when I got into work, um, my one of my first managers of the grad scheme um, called Harry Gill, like he taught me so much, you know, he just took such an interest in me. He asked me lots of good questions. He, um, he taught me about the game as well, you know, so he took an interest in me. And then my manager, Wayne Butler, who I'd had for a long time, like I was with him for like seven, maybe eight years, like just the way that he, like from day one, he like, he was like, I see you as a premiership football player, like go out and be that. He's like, I can tell that you're doubting yourself. You're this, you're that. Like he'd observed me, you know, yeah. because I was working in his team for a while. And then he asked me to come and work directly for him because we were having some structural changes and he'd observed me and he said, look, this is what I've seen of you. Go be awesome, basically. And it just wow. like. It put so much confidence in me to try things out, to fail, you know. Um, and my manager now, Danny, like, we're only a year into our relationship, but, like, he challenges me in a very different way because he's also seeing things from a different perspective. He doesn't know me like that. Like, I haven't grown up with him. I grew up with Wayne, you know. Yeah. But Danny, like, yeah. I've learned, I've only been with him, for, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. And I've learned different things from each person at different stages. Yeah. And I'm honestly I'm so blessed that my twelve years have had just amazing leaders to to guide me, to challenge me, you know, but from a place of look, dude, you're awesome. Like I know that you can do that. Go do it. Like, what are you waiting for? Go be oh. awesome. You know, that's the stuff that I try and pass on because I've had people give that to me. You know, so yeah, really. And you're, like you say, you, I know you mentioned in your trainer, like it's a, it's absolute, we realize now that we've had these privileges of great people shining our light, you know, being our ch champions for us and, and really, you know, when, you know, when you're not in the room and they're speaking your name and they've got your back and that's, that is so invaluable. And I think not everyone has had that. Like I've been so fortunate. So when I hear people haven't had that, I'm like, wow, like, so we can give back even more to that and we can fill in the gaps that people haven't had in their lives, you know, um, and also, I think you and I are very similar because we see so much great talent as well, not just at the top, but we see them coming in, you know, through the doors at lower levels. And we're like, you know, you're going to be great. Like, I could just see it in you already. And it, I think, you know, people love what we do because of, we, and they know we generally care. And you know, we don't do it 
for show we do it behind the scenes we do it in one-to-ones and I think people see like our genuine passion for letting them thrive you know 100% 100% because I feel like if I can input you know you talked about someone's map of reference their experiences what they've been through my thing is how can I if this person that I'm talking to how can I be a positive impact in their reference so even if 10 years from now I don't know them like how can I encourage them onto who they're meant to become because every interaction inputs one way or another into your frame of into your frame of reference or your map of reference so yeah. how can I be a positive influence in that and like you said like I I actually often shy away from doing things on the stage and that kind of thing because I just want to I just like to get stuff done you know I like to get to outcomes that are good for everybody and if that's on the stage then okay but if it's not on the stage, even better. Yeah. Me and you know that we've had this. Yes. We've actually been able to do something. And yeah, I think it's it's just such a funny life, isn't it? Really. Yeah. But like I said, I think this is another way to fill in the gap. So someone who's really looking to start their career in leadership or yeah. they're not getting the support they need, like these sort of podcasts are going to be so invaluable um, and they can take stuff away and maybe they can transform their leader into a better leader, you know? And this is the thing is that sometimes you as the person being led can have such a profound impact on your leader that you don't think you can have that influence yeah. over them like you can actually have that if you know the right ways to approach and that's one of the things i was actually really grateful for at, at work is that i was going to be doing some reverse mentoring with one of the past mds that we had and they trained us on things like how do you tell someone that they're wrong without getting their back up right because for you to be a senior leader, like you have to have some confidence and some ego in a lot of ways, right? And they would tell us simple things like when someone's telling you something, instead of saying yes, but you say yes, and super like minute changes. So instead of saying, you know, I think you're great, but you do these things, it's like, I think you're great. And when you do these things, it doesn't fit with who you are. So they don't forget about the what you've said before. So I've had such good learnings on some of these like little things about yeah. how do you influence Yeah. But also I've been in the room, Tolu, when you've done that and you don't just say it, you it's it's also the way you say it and your tone. Mm. It's not aggressive, it's not like and you know, it's really like <laughs> tell me that's very interesting. You know like a therapist <laughs> like and, have you thought about that? You know, the way you do yeah. it. It's like, guys, if you got to be in your room with Tolly when he does this. Cause like, <laughs> we wonder if we've got to do a role play, Tolly. I'll show people how you do it. You do it. Oh, like, when you do it, I'm like blown away. Like, this is amazing. I want to record this. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, as much as the best, it's the way you say it. How you say it. Yeah. That's true. That is so important. Um, but honestly, Rush, thank you so much for, for your time, for sharing your thoughts, who you are. Um, and guys, if you, I think you should connect with Resh. So the links will be in the bio to her Instagram, to her podcast. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And this is an absolute privilege, Tony. I'm so excited for your journey. It's going to be amazing. Thank you very much. And thank you guys for listening to the Dynamis EQ podcast. And we will catch you on the next episode.